0: Do you just love this podcast so much and wish you could find a way to monetarily support us? Well, guess what? Much like NPR, we thrive on support from viewers like you. So if you love this podcast and you want to become a contributor, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm, that's ancho rfm click the support button and choose the amount that you want to contribute each month to our podcast. This helps keep our podcast going and it keeps the phenomenal content that you have come to know and love flowing. So, yeah, what are you waiting for? Sign up today. As always, thank you so much for being a listener. We appreciate you. We see you and we hope you enjoy the show. Spoiler alert if you do not want this film ruined, do not proceed. There's spoilers galore. You have been warned. Welcome to Talk Classic to Me, the classic film podcast and movie club where I, Sarah Greenfield, your host and classic film enthusiast, bring in my entertaining friends to talk about classic movies or any other old-fashioned form of media that strikes my fancy. On today's show, we're talking about the film Mystic Pizza from 1988 with my wonderful guests Sue Kate Heaney and Laurel Rankin. Welcome to Talk Classic to Me. I am your host, Sarah Greenfield. And today on the show, I have my wonderful guests, Susan Kate Heaney and Laurel Rankin. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. i ah, excited. So this time around, we talked about the film Mystic Pizza from 1988. Friends, how were your feelings during this viewing of the film? And was this your first time watching
1: it? This was a rewatch for me. And my okay. feelings were I wanted to cozy up in a sweater and eat some lobster and just like hang out with those ladies for an afternoon. Yes, correct.
2: Laurel, how about you? It was a rewatch for me too. There were some things that held up better than others, but like on the whole, like I had some pizza to watch Mystic Pizza and it was a good night
0: yeah i have pizza we we talked about this i ended up having some pizza yesterday too and i had it at a party before so i was like does this count we're watching mystic
1: pizza i can't have it twice in a day it's fine i'm having pizza tonight so we're all on the pizza train
0: love it um So yeah, the reason why I chose this film, especially for right now, is I decided to do this thing called Autumnally 80s, where I wanted to do 80s films that have really awesome autumnal settings. So before this one, we did The Big Chill, another autumnally 80s classic. But Mystic Pizza is just a movie that I love so much that I feel like does not get enough credit and does not get enough love out there in the film world. So I just wanted to showcase it because I just think it's so special and I think It's a romantic comedy that feels really authentic and that defies a lot of expectations about romantic comedies. So I was like, yeah, let's talk about this during our autumnally 80s month. Um, So, yeah, that's why I chose it this time around. Also, side note, IMDb has an incorrect plot synopsis. So I want to shout that out. It says, like, three teens find themselves while waitressing at a pizza place. And I'm like, I don't think they're teenagers. Two of them are very clearly in their early 20s. Ah, uh, because they're drinking alcohol inside inside a bar. Yeah, we got
1: to come back to that point because I have I have thoughts.
0: All right, so we're gonna come back around to it. But I was like, hey, in IMDb, you are not correct about this. They are not all teens. I think. Anyway, so plot synopsis. Um, this film follows three young women. It's JoJo's wedding day. She is the first person that we kind of meet in this film. Uh, We see her wedding happening from her perspective. We hear a lot of words being highlighted, like permanent and commitment. And we see her panicked face. And we know that she might be having a panic attack and might not be feeling so great. Um, And she ends up fainting. And we also meet her two bridesmaids, who are her two best friends, Kat and Daisy. Kat and Daisy are sisters who have often been pitted against each other because Daisy is this very beautiful young woman who gets the attention of a lot of young men, but kind of only sees herself in that way. And then Kat is very smart. Kat's going to go to Yale next semester, and she feels like... Uh, Daisy kind of gets a lot of attention and Daisy feels like Kat is just so perfect and everybody loves Kat and is really obnoxious to her. So they're kind of sisters who are pitted against each other. And the three of them are friends because they're all waitresses at the local, very good restaurant, Mystic Pizza, which has a magical, mystical recipe that is brought down from Portugal that nobody knows the ingredients to this. We're not sure if it's a sauce or if it's like put somehow on the cheese. We don't know. It's got a special spice from Portugal that is a secret. Okay, so it's about these three women. Uh, It's Jojo's wedding day. Jojo passes out. The wedding does not happen. Jojo is in a situation with this guy, Bill. Because they didn't get married, Bill's pushing her to try to get married again. And she's like, Bill, I love you. But like, why do we have to get married right now? I don't want to be committed right now. But he's also- kind of sensitive and sweet and loves her. So you're like, okay, this is still nice in a way. And then we have Julia Roberts' story. Oh my God, I didn't even say who's in this. Wait, okay, so the three young women are played by, Daisy is a young Julia Roberts who is about to be in Pretty Woman and is giving us very much Pretty Woman energy. We have Lily Taylor who is playing Jojo. And we have Annabeth Gish who is actually 16 and a half at the time of filming playing Kat. So we have these three young women Daisy's story is that she is very beautiful, but hasn't really applied herself intellectually and doesn't really believe in herself in that way. And uh, she kind of catches the eye of this very wealthy young man. He's been coming to the local dive bar. uh, They connect and she starts seeing him and maybe sees a different future for herself through being with him. That is is also kind of like actually falling in love with him as a person. And then we get Kat. Kat is very smart. Kat is a straight A student who is going to Yale. She has four jobs. She always does the right thing. Her sister, Daisy, calls her a saint. She ends up in this really gross relationship, kind of falling for uh, the 30-year-old man that she's babysitting his child for. Like she's babysitting this man's child while his wife is in Europe. And um, we get a sense that their marriage isn't going so great, but still... It's pretty icky the way that he does pursue her and she's a child. Um, I guess she would be over 18 in this film, but it's gross to know in real life that she was 16 and a half. I feel like the point of the film is kind of that these three young women uh, want to find a different path for themselves, maybe than the one that's laid out for them. Like, it's very clear that they're all put in boxes and they're trying to explore this world and see if there's anything bigger for them out there um so to me that's kind of like the vibe of the film and in the end I guess well we are spoiling it in the end they all kind of find their own way so Jojo realizes she does want to marry Bill so she does get married to him but she would like to maintain her own identity thank you very much Julia Roberts leaves the rich guy because he puts her in a really uncomfortable situation where she realizes that he's he's kind of using her to get back at his family and she doesn't like that so she leaves him but he comes back and apologizes and so there are maybe we'll see you know and then um realizes that uh even though she had like a lot of idealism about the guy the married guy that she ends up like sleeping with and then his wife comes back and he doesn't acknowledge her and it's terrible and then he tries to pay her and it's so awful she realizes that like oh romance can really hurt and um I think I'm going to like find my own way in Yale, like moving forward with this information that maybe I was romanticizing everything and maybe things don't need to be romanticized. Maybe there's like a darker underbelly to certain things. Um, And I also want to mention, they do this through the journey of their hair. I noticed this time (laughs) around in the first scene, the way they all had their hair. So like Jojo and Kat had their hair down and Daisy had her hair up by the end of the movie. Daisy had her hair down and Jojo and Kat had their hair up. And I know they did that to differentiate visually, but I was like, whoa, you're telling us a journey just through their hair and I'm here for it. Let's chat about this movie. Um, I mean, we can talk about the authenticity of it, how it actually does kind of feel real to a real life coming of age experience um, and some of the moments that kind of portray that. Um, what what moments in this film really stood out to you as viewers?
1: For me, it felt like the summer before you go on to college or the summer before you move away or this, like the last summer that everyone has together. But sometimes you don't know it's like the last summer. And I think they captured that like so beautifully, you know? Yeah. Um, I also, I have to say, I'm from Long Island where the ferry to Connecticut is. There's two ferries to Connecticut and one goes to like Bridgeport. That's my ferry. And then the other one goes to basically Mystic. So we grew up going to Mystic a lot. Oh, and
2: wow.
1: I know. And it is like an old timey sea town with a great aquarium. But I think it also really captured Mystic and the like people who work there. And then they're always in the pizzeria complaining about the tourists and like the tourists <laughs> want everything the way they want it. You know, so for me, those were some of the moments that like I thought it was anticipation. And the movie had so much anticipation for me.
2: Like, what is our, are our lives going to be?
0: Yes. And like trying to figure that out, like trying to figure out our standards for what we want our lives to be. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And each of the girls had a different path, like, but they all want, they all kind of were looking for the same thing. So it was like watching three different, three different distinct personalities, each trying to figure out what the next step was and how not to get locked in. And like, looking for different ways to make that work. And this kind of goes back, Sarah, to your your question about how old they were. And like my concept was that like kind of Jojo and Daisy are a couple of years older than Kat, but like not like, not much more than 20, I would say. Like, I think they were maybe two or three years older. Like, I don't think they were way far older. But, that like, it's also still this, like, last summer because they're still friends with, you know, they're, fr- they're friends with Kat. Like, she's part of the circle and she's going to be for sure leaving Mystic.
0: She's going to be leaving Mystic. JoJo's going to get married. We're going to find out what Daisy's going to do. But, yeah, I, I wasn't actually thinking about it in terms of a last summer until you had all been saying it because it's we're into the autumn now like it's a it's an autumnal Mm. movie it's cold but it is like Yeah. yeah the last time it will be this way with the three of them this close counting on each other uh, we don't know when that's going to happen again after Kat leaves. Yeah.
1: I did think it was funny because it is set in the autumn, but then, and so I just wondered why they didn't set it around the holidays. Or, I mean, she keeps saying, I'm going to college in February. And I was yeah. like, January, I would think, but that's cool. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but so it was a funny thing. It was like the gap between, or maybe the passage of time happened, or, you know, but it is so, yeah, autumnal, I guess, because she had to delay her college because she needed more money, which is why she's working like four jobs. Yes. I know. Poor thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that plays into one of the things the movie does really well is it really highlights, not in like a pushy way, not in like an obnoxious way, but it highlights class and gender expectations and um like racism towards them. They're all three Portuguese women. Yeah. And so it does subtly highlight all of these issues that they're facing that these like wealthy white people who are the people that are coming into the town for the summer highlighting the two different sides of this issue where it's like the wealthy and the poor living among each other. They all eat lobster at the end of the day. That's what we know from Daisy, <laughs> which I loved that diet.
1: That was like my favorite part is like the lobster is so cheap and easy to get because her mom works and, you know, in lobster yeah. and lobster, So, you know, but it's like the, the thing that connects to two worlds.
2: That dinner, like where she goes and and she's like, oh, great we're going to have lobster Lobster again. You know, that's the thing that probably they're like, oh, isn't this so like, this is high class. Like this is like our fancy dinner. And she's like, oh, great. This is the seventh time this week that I've had lobster. Yeah, there's like a
1: lobster for breakfast, lobster for lunch. I was like, sounds fabulous. Yeah. And I get in that fridge, you know, but yeah, of course you get sick of it.
0: Which does lead us to Matt Damon's first, like on-screen feature credit regarding the lobster where he says, hey, do you want my green stuff? (laughs) <laughs> That's called the tamale. But that leads us beautifully into Roger Ebert. I wish I hadn't read his review right before this. It was a very good review, but I feel like it put his words in my head. And now I'm like, no, I want to know my own words and not just your words, even though they're very good. <laughs> um, but he had a quote in his review that said, I have a feeling that Mystic Pizza may someday become known for the movie stars it showcased back before they became stars.
2: Mm. Um, all of
0: the youngsters have a genuine gift. Or, all young actors. He didn't say youngster. It just looked like that in my handwriting. <laughs> all of the young actors have a genuine gift so that was Roger Ebert's take on it I 100% agree I don't think he was talking about Matt Damon
1: when he said that (laughs) across the board I'd say you know prophecy
2: prophecy you know
1: I kept thinking this casting director is a genius yeah yeah. The talent is undeniable. And they were all young when it was filmed. Like so, young. so I Julia Roberts, I think, was 18. She might no, she
0: was twenty. She was twenty. She was twenty. Uh, yeah. 20, was 20. I'm okay. trying to I think it was because I was looking up um Because in my brain, because we had said this earlier, how it said on IMDb they were teens. And I was like, but wait, Jojo and Daisy are drinking in bars and they'd have to be 21. Not necessarily, Mm. though,
2: at like because some states. In 88, in Connecticut. Well, no, in 84, they
0: passed the, because I looked up. I was like, when did they make it so that everybody had to be 21? And it was 1984. So in 1984, at that point, unless like the bartenders don't care, which is another thing.
2: Dive bar in small town.
1: They don't, they're not carding. There was no bouncer at that door.
2: And it was right, right after the law was passed too. So like there, you're kind of like, I think you had a little wiggle room there, but they they could still have been 21. I support that. Well, it's just more that you felt like
0: you you were saying they were early twenties. But I think Julie Roberts was actually 20 when she filmed this.
1: Okay. Because I mean, the self-possession that that woman has to that flirting scene and that like, I mean, just. Yes. She's so vibrant. She's so full of life. Like I was like, oh my God, I feel like to know that at that age, you know what I mean? To be able to do that. I was like, oh, good Lord. She's a star. She's such
0: a movie star. You you just feel it from this. And then they're showcasing how different she is. It's like a brilliant moment because they're also showing the differences between her and like the rich woman that Charlie brings to the bar with him. Yeah. Um, And like the rich woman needs help and she can't shoot pool. It's just too hard. And why can't we play this at my house where I have a pool table, right? She's like flailing and helpless. (laughs) And then we have Julia who's standing right next to her completely composed, confident. Um, It's just like such a contrast and they really show it in that one shot.
1: Wait, did I miss something when the lady says, she's like, oh, you're a hustler.
2: Oh, that happens in that same scene, too. Yeah. Yes. Was yes. she?
1: Was it on like a play on hussy or something? Like, was there something or is it just Hustler was a really bad thing to be?
0: I think she was saying like she was a hustler like Paul Newman in the movie. And and that's like a bad yeah. thing to be because that's who who high class would be a hustler. Like what? I don't she know. Felt like they were I feel like Hustler
1: is a compliment, but I guess I'm thinking of it from my own point of view. You know, it's yeah. like you're a hustler. I'm like, yeah, I work hard. But I feel what you're saying. It's like you're. Yeah, this is like a money. pool.
2: Like, well, yeah, like you're coming in and, and being like, oh, yeah, I'll play and then like taking all our money because you're actually really, really good. Yeah.
0: Great. Thank you for breaking yes. that moment. And like like she's never been in this world before. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I know what really... you are. Like, she's only been to the fancy pansy cotillions and she orders a white wine spritz or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know. Okay,
1: don't knock the white wine spritz. No. I'm they
0: did serve it. I loved it when they served it to them in like that little tall glass and the confusion on their faces. Like, this is not a wine glass. <laughs> oh
1: my. And I also
0: love that we don't want to pit women against each other in this movie. The whole movie's like, don't pit women against each other, but we're pitted against the wealthy ones because we're like, ah, oh, they kind of seem like the worst. It's really easy to just like all of the wealthy people here, <laughs> not just the women. When that guys like this is where we play boy girl. Like you're like ew
2: <laughs> All I was just going to say that was one of my favorite worst lines, like favorite of the terrible things. Because he goes, yeah, don't worry, honey. That's why we play go- boy girl to even things out. Uh, yeah. uh. But then Julia comes in, Daisy, and just mm-hmm. like, she's like, let me show you how it's done.
0: Yes. And they say it with the lyrics. The lyrics to that part of like, watch me do my stuff. And
2: you're like, yes, yes,
0: yes. And then it goes, is it hot in here? it's a a great 80s tune go check it out but they line the lyrics up perfectly and you're like yes they do that a lot
1: I mean I do feel like but to your point it's like it's a lot of the movies then were sort of just like rompy and comedic and whatever right and they Mm -hmm. were kind of can we how far can we push things and and that which is also great um but I feel like this did have so many other messages and it did explore so many other things and like the bond of women, I think, is, like, the thing that drives the whole movie. The sisters and friends, which are, yes. like, sisters, like, you, you know, know which I loved. Well, and even when they're
0: kind of pitted against each other, we see, towards the end, we see what happens when they realize that they don't have to be pitted against each other. And oh. even Julia's confrontation with her mom at the end, too. Her
2: mom, yeah. Where she's oh. like,
0: mom, why, like, I can't do anything right for you. I'm never going to go to Yale. And the mom is like, I don't expect you to go to Yale. Like... I just get worried about you, and I, I, I want you to make something of yourself. And I love when Julie Roberts is like, oh, "I'm worried about me too." Well, so let me say <laughs> the actual line because I, I know the actual line. Let's not pretend I don't. She says to her, <laughs> "I'm what days. I'm worried about you," and she goes, "Yeah, me too." So um, that's the real <laughs> exactly truth. right.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I often can't quote films, but this one, I'm like, I've seen this movie so many times, I can eight thousand percent quote it for you. Should you need that. Um, But I do, what we were just talking about, I love that it flips the script a lot. Um, So it does that with the relationship with Jojo and Bill. This is a movie where it's not Jojo being like, I want to get married, Bill. When are you going to marry me? It's Bill being like, Jojo, I love you. I want to marry you. And her being like, I don't know if I want that. Like, I'm not, I think I want that someday, but why does it have to be now? So we have that conversation, which is like different from what a rom-com would typically be at this time. And we have um, Kat's relationship where like, A married man is pursuing her and she's into it but we're on her side like we're rooting for her we want her to succeed and we see him as the creep like she's not vilified for being the quote-unquote other woman he's a creep um and we see how she might fall for this and how she's she's kind of young and inexperienced and is maybe being groomed a little bit
1: um We oh, were calling that section like lingering stares because just he was just stared for way too long. You know, it was like, yeah, break, someone's got to break eye contact at some point. Well, in the
0: part, I think um Roger Ebert had another really good quote that I wrote down about that. He said, cat falls head over heels into idealism with him. And I was like, ooh, that's a good way of putting Perfect. that. Yep. Right. Um, And then uh, Daisy's story is basically like, you. The I think typically it'd be like, oh, she just wants him for his money. But Daisy's actually falling in love with Charlie and he's really falling in love with her. And so the moment when he, there's this moment where you think like, he just defended her in front of a table. Like someone said something racist and he stood up and defended her. He did have a solid comeback. I just want to call that out. When the woman, the racist woman says the racist thing and he's like, she says, I don't even know if I want to say it. She says like, oh, these Portuguese girls are so hard to train. And he goes, Aunt Tweety, you can't even train your husband to sleep at home. And I was like, ooh, that's (laughs) solid. That was a solid comeback. But um, so he's standing up for her, but it's not really. It's for him. And so she calls him out on that. And she says, you did that for you. You didn't do that for me. Um, and I'm too good for you. Like you cheated your own yeah. way out of law school.
1: And I love that because I feel like in 1988, often the story would just be like, you did that for me. Yes. You took a yeah, to defend my honor. So yeah. I love that she was like, that's not good enough. I'm going home. Can you totally. give me a ride? You know, you mm-hmm. know, And it's one more way it flips the script for the
0: rom-com.
2: It wasn't just money, which I thought was great. It really like, she's like, yeah, no, I look, I want a person to support me. Mm. Like, I don't think that there wasn't the idea that his money could be a great way for her to escape. Like, absolutely it was. But like, at the end of the day, she wasn't willing to make herself smaller just to, to, to let him help her out of, you know, or help her find another path.
0: And I love that at the end, he comes to Jojo's wedding, which is now being held at the pizzeria because, you know, uh, they're not going to pay for a banquet hall twice. No, <laughs> that's
1: free. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. She's a runner. Yeah, you can.
0: But uh, So Julie Roberts is like scooping ice cream and uh, he comes in to apologize for her and she accepts his apology. Also, he does not apologize. He goes, I owe you an yes. apology. And he never <laughs> apologizes. Apologize. And then he's gonna leave, and she's like, "Wait, like, come back. Do you like ice cream? Like, you know, she she forgives him essentially, but she makes him do the manual labor at the end. And I was like, Yes, give Loved the it. rich boy who does not have a job a task to do. I
1: love it. He, um, he scooped that ice cream pretty easily. I was like, Are you sure you didn't have a summer job at an ice cream <laughs> shop at
2: some point? His because- sister did, right? She, oh, yeah, she talked about true. that. Yeah.
1: She worked in a pizzeria. You know, oh, that's their parents, right. That's right. They probably made them get one job just to see what it was like. Yeah. Well,
2: because the dad so. was like, he was a working class. Yeah. He came from a working class background. So you're right. You're right there, which I was, I, I kind of wanted them to explore a little bit more, but they, it got to all tied up in the weird racist classist kind of stuff. And then, you know, wasn't the point.
0: But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did want to shout out Serena. I didn't know I was going to talk about this on the show, but Serena is Charlie's sister she's great in that scene where um, Julie Roberts gets so pissed off at Charlie and thinks he's cheating on her and dumps all the fish guts into his Porsche and then finds out he isn't cheating on her and that's his sister. And then she has the great line of like, I fucked up. And he goes, yeah, but she gave it a
1: hundred percent effort. <laughs> I love that. It was like the blondes versus the brunettes. And sorry, because, you know, Whoa. you know what I mean? Because the sister too was like that blonde sort of blown yes. out, glossy. And so- then the sister actually turned out pretty nice, right? Like, she didn't do anything. She
0: did. Hard. Well, because when the mom is like, oh, a waitress, the sister was like, yes, I was a waitress at
1: a pizzeria, yeah. remember? So I yes. felt like she was like, I've got your back as much as I can, Daisy. Yeah. I will help. They weren't even going to throw all blondes under the bus. No offense. Lady. <laughs> they were like, there are good blondes too. There's good yeah. and bad of every hair color.
0: Do you want to hear a really good behind the scenes story I
2: heard about yes. in this movie too? Yes.
0: Okay, so Julie Roberts, when she auditioned for this, was a blonde. And her agent was like, look, you cannot show up to the audition blonde because it's like you're going to be playing a Portuguese woman and they want like brunettes. So she went to a local drugstore and bought a ton of black hair mousse and put it all over her head. And she was like, and it took so long and it took so many bottles. You've seen my hair. It's really big. (laughs) And on the way to the audition, it started to rain (gasps) and all of the mousse came out of her hair. That's an amazing story. And she was like, I looked like a haunted house. Like I looked terrible. Was this audition in Los
2: Angeles or was it in New York?
0: I don't know. It sounds like New York, right? If it's going
1: to rain like that and you're That that is an
2: even better story if it was Los Angeles and you're like the one day of the year it rains, It's
1: the one day. (laughs) That's what it was. She didn't plan for it because, you know. It doesn't rain. It was
0: the
2: one day. That's a great story.
0: I used to read Entertainment Weekly and they did a reunion in 2013 and I remembered the article being very good and I remember it being like, Everybody thought Lily Taylor was amazing, and she is. And I reread it today, and I don't feel like they praised Lily Taylor as much as I remembered. But that Mm. story was in it.
1: I thought she was like a revelation, to be honest with you. The scene where she says, "You know what I love about Bill is his wrists," Mm. and she like talks about how she falls in love, like just with his little wrists. I just killed me. I thought she was so full of life and so real, and and she's really good in a car dancing scene. Yes, car dancing movie, you know, but. Did you love her as much as I did?
2: Yeah.
1: I, she love was her. fun.
2: She was just so fun. And like you said, so vibrant and full of life and like not afraid to say what it was that she wanted. And like, and not afraid to be like, yeah, I like his body. Right. Yeah. Ownership. Yes.
1: I love the scene where they were trying to get it on and Jesus was looking at them. Yes. Who's was just perfect.
2: Although, I mean, like that, that, that moment where he's like, he's like, I'm telling you, I love you. And you're telling me you love... My body. My dick. My dick. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to say that. I wasn't sure You're allowed to say it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, do you know how that makes
0: me feel? I know. I loved it. He's great, too. He was fantastic. He's great, too. Vincent D'Onofrio. Shout out to a young Vincent D'Onofrio. I know. know. And he said this was like his first time shooting scenes with women before. And he was like, I'm so grateful it was Lily Taylor because she's incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, she was so great to work with, so great to act with. And um, their chemistry is really great in this, yeah. too. You believe that oh they're God. really in love with each other, that they're a real couple. Um, just from, like, the little bits, the little idiosyncrasies of, like, the way they look at each other, the way they touch each other. It's very – it doesn't feel formulaic. It feels, like, genuine, you know?
2: Don't you think they had fun shooting this? I, like, that I was yes. watching it was, like, they oh, love shooting this. So fun. So fun. And, like, they had, like, real – like, I felt like they brought their real personal – stuff into it. Like, like they made like that relationship feel real because I felt like it was real. Like there was a friendship there. There was a give and take that made that really work for me.
0: Yes. Well, I too. think it's helpful that they made Bill like a more sensitive character. He did. He defied stereotypes too because he's this totally. like very tall, very strong fisherman type, and he is very open about his feelings for her. He, in front of all his friends, he's saying to her, "I love you." Like, and <laughs> yeah. he, you know, again, do you know how that makes me feel when I say I love you and you just love my dick? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that he's different from what you would expect, and I love that scene where Lily Taylor says but he knows me so well,
1: <laughs> you know, they're, ah, it's such a beautiful moment. Her monologue where she comes in and she's like, they're like, you're two hours early. And she's like, yeah, you know, just, and then she says how they broke up. And then that yeah. monologue is just so amazing. She just goes, so she trusts herself, you know, and it's just like, I don't know, you feel so bad for her. And you're yeah. like, you love Bill. And she's like, I don't love him. I need to go. I need to go to the bath. And then she says, I need to go to the bathroom. And you're like, oh, and all the women yeah. sort of rally around her, which. Is that rallying cry of the movie when the sister have their bonding moment after their big fight. And it's just like, oh, you, I'm not going to push this further because I need to comfort you. Daisy comforts her sister. Yes. You know, I love that part. Yes.
0: The realization that something is really wrong there. Before I get to that moment, because that's one of the moments I wrote down that I want to discuss. I do want to talk about Lily Taylor's monologue moment, um, because the moment you're talking about is um, she and Bill have kind of had this fight because he put nympho on his boat and she has this great moment before her monologue my two favorite jojo moments one of them is <laughs> when she yells this monologue at him where she's like do you think that's gonna get me to marry you It's the <laughs> 80s, which is great she says you can't force me to do something i'm not ready to do bill and until i am if i ever am the answer is no <laughs> so they have like that fight. Yep, and then um, she goes to Bill later. She apologizes for stealing his truck because she steals it later. He apologizes for the boat. And she thinks things are going to be OK. And she's like, we've got my sister's place for the weekend. They're going to be out of town. Like meaning like, let's we're going to have sex this weekend. And he's just like, no, I can't do this anymore. I love you. And he breaks up with her. And so she goes right to work. We see like the next scene is everybody setting up at work and we see how affected she is by this and we see her rationalize it to them and she she changes it she says that she yeah. broke up with him mm-hmm. everyone knows mm-hmm. I think that's not true but the the process of her grief the process of like I love him but I'm not ready I think this is what I want I'm not ready but he knows me so well, but uh, we see like the, her thought process oh. and they're not even interjecting, but she's acting as though they are. And then it goes to this moment of like her planning a new future for herself where she's like, Leona, you are going to tell me what's in that recipe one yes. day. Right. So it's like she, in this moment of heartbreak, not like I might not end up with the person I love. What am I going to do next? I'm going to be like Leona. I'm going to run the pizza biz. Okay. I've got my future set. Now I need to go to the bathroom. i <laughs> like, I just love <laughs> <Yes. that>. oh. <laughs> Oh, the whole that. path that we see, yeah. Oh, it's and it's so well acted. She does such a
2: gorgeous job in this movie. I saw that as her figuring out how to be in love with Bill the way he wanted her to be in love with him too. Like, because I felt like there's this whole piece about her being trapped and not wanting to be pregnant and mm-hmm. ten kids and miserable. Of her seeing like scraping the fish guts off. He, of his yeah, shoe. like like the, the, like that was like her whole idea is that she was going to be a fisherman's wife and it was going to be this possibility of. These things that she's seen in her community of of wives that she didn't want to be, and then looking to Leona and looking to the pizza shop and being like, "Oh, I can stay here. I could marry Bill. I could do this." And that is a whole other possibility that she hadn't even explored.
1: She, I felt like she was having realizations in the moment, yeah, which is what I yeah. always love to see actors do, and not just like say the thing. You know, she was like, "But then this," and like it was felt like so yeah. present, you know. I like both interpretations. I'll go with both.
0: Either way, it's like she has such a good performance in this movie. Lily Taylor, everyone does. All three of them shine. I think Lily is my favorite character. Like, I love Jojo in this movie so much. And I think her struggle is maybe the most relatable based on gender expectations. Like, especially back then of like, if I get married, am I giving up my whole life, my whole identity? Is this going to be my future and my job now? So I was like, okay, totally get that. And I agree with her. I don't understand why it has to be then because she has that whole part in the speech where she's like, if I loved Bill, I would marry him. But if he loved me, he would wait. And so I'm like,
1: yeah, why can't you wait? Why does it have to be right now? I don't understand that pressure. I know they're fooling around heavily. Have they had sex? That's my question. Because maybe he wants to marry her because he thinks he can't have sex until they're married. So according to Roger Ebert, I did
0: not even think that was a possibility. I thought they were totally having sex. But Roger Ebert's like, Bill clearly is waiting for sex until marriage. And I went, oh, whoa, that does throw a whole wrench in it. So is that what you thought? Did you think they were waiting to have sex until marriage and that they were just fooling around? Me? Yes,
1: 100 percent that they, she was oh. kept pushing it further and further. And that's why she my, you know, but he was the one who was like, we have to get married first. You're making this so hard. So the Jesus thing, because I thought he was maybe religious or raised religious or whatever yeah. that. He thought we have to be married before we can do this.
0: I totally thought that they were having sex, but that it was just bothering him, that it was just like, it oh. bothers me every time we have sex if we're not married and religious. Like, cause he, I think he is more religious than she is, but to me, it was just like, but I see both ways. I see how it could be both, but I, I thought that they were having sex, um, and that it's really great. <laughs> <And> <laughs> no.
1: that, you know well, whatever they're doing everything, but I would say, yeah, yeah. you know, they're, they're doing the heavy stuff rounding third you know it could have
2: been like you know no actual like penetration
1: yes but they're, <laughs>
2: yeah they're like and
1: they're do, you know because
2: that was i know that was a big thing when i was younger it's like oh yeah we can again we can do everything but like as long as
1: yes you know and this was before yeah. the bill clinton what is sex
2: right yeah you know uh, what
1: i mean so well
0: i will say i mean we know that daisy does have sex because daisy has condoms yes, totally. oh yeah
1: daisy's the one throwing the condoms around yeah 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 and then Cat has sex.
0: And then Cat has sex. Oh, oh my God. Wait, that's uh, one of the best details of this film for several reasons. I love this part where Cat says to Daisy, you know, boffing, screwing, like, that's your arena, the great Daisy, nobody's fool. And um, she's like, you should get paid for your services. That might make it more honest. And then at the end, when Cat has sex with Tim, he tries to pay her for her services. And you're like, oh. <gasps> uh, Oh, your karma, the tie-in there. Wow. Mm. Oof, that hurts. We haven't really talked about her. And she's also great. She's also great. Annabeth Gish. Yes. So solid in this movie. Yes. Let's talk about her and her weird-ass relationship. (laughs) And then I want (laughs) to fully come back around to how there are so many pretty Woman tie-ins. So many. So many. So we're going to get there. But anyway, so Kat and Tim, let's dive into this. Tim is a Yale graduate who is 30 years old now. They say- I did the math. He might be 31, whatever. If he graduated in 79, I'm just saying, I think he's 31, but it's fine. They say
1: 30. Um, He's a late birthday. He he skipped a grade. Yeah, he's He's advanced for his age.
0: Um, When I was younger, this is a confession. I've been watching this movie, I think since (laughs) I was like 11, and I thought he was so cute. I thought Tim was hot. I totally got why she was into him. Now when I watch it as an adult, I am fully repulsed. But like teenage Sarah thought that this man was very sexy so i can see why cat would think it too
1: i think i was a little older when i saw for the first i think i was like 22 Mm -hmm. and i was definitely a bill stan you know oh
0: yes because bill's so hot like now that i'm an adult
1: i am all (laughs) team bill yeah team
2: bill all the Laurel,
1: are you gonna go for the richie and then we can have a trifecta no
2: no no he (laughs) was not no no sorry
1: i know i'm sorry
2: (laughs) Uh, no, I, I can see the intellectual, uh, appeal of, of Tim. Like I can see like for Kat, like I, I can really see that.
1: Oh, and he's talking about the history to her, like yeah. the, the story about, I don't know, sorry, you will know. Elias Montrose. Yes, exactly. That person. I <laughs> was like the guy with the wife and the thing, but you know, yeah. Like, so she's like, oh my God, I've never been talked to like this before. I've never heard stories of seafarers before. You know what I mean? Like it was definitely a, you could see how that was planted. Well, Yes. And
0: what the screenwriting does so beautifully is it doesn't hit us over the head with certain speech. Like they tell us right away how each person feels. So early in the film, um, when we're meeting all of them for the first time and getting to know them, Daisy is opening doors with her butt Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, she leads with her butt and she's walking kind of like, you know, I, I, she's, she like has a sexy walk,
2: you know, yeah, she just yeah. can't help it. She, she loves she's her Daisy. body. She, she works it. Yeah.
0: She's yes. in her body, you yeah. know? And so she says, uh, what do you think? I got eyes in my butt. And then Kat goes, that's where your brains are. So right away, we know that Kat is smart. We know that Daisy is sexualized. Like, we know these things. And then we see Kat watching the way that men look at Daisy. And later in the film, we see Kat watching the way that Daisy is kissed by Charlie and wanting that so badly for herself. But like, because she's the brain... Nobody looks at her. She doesn't have a boyfriend. Like all of these box, like the box that she's been put in of being the brain yes. means that she doesn't get to have this romance. So I think when Tim turns his attention to her and he's the kind of guy that she might want later, like he's got this beautiful house on the river. She loves his daughter. She sees some, her fitting into his life. They have wine together, Mozart, and have intellectual discussions. Yeah. You know, she's never yes. had any of that before. And
1: it feels very romantic to her. So I, I get all of that. You know, I'm definitely feel I i am a Jojo, you know, if I have to choose, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely have been a cat. I was a late bloomer. I had a dog purse. I had like gigantic bangs. You know what I mean? Like I would wear a costume to high school every day. So I've been the <laughs> person looking at the other people kissing. So that moment really like, actually, even though yeah. it can be a little like silly, I got, I understood it. I was like, yeah, I've been. I've
2: There's been also this piece of it for me with the attraction to him and there was a piece of him taking care of her. Cause I felt like you got in the movie that she was the responsible one for her mom too. Like, mm, it, like, yes. she's like, was like Daisy's like, take the pizza to mom. And she's like, I have done it the yes. last like whatever. And like that she's the one kind of holding the family together, making sure everything goes right. And, and like taking responsibility. And here's this mm. man who, who can take some of that away from her, take that off her shoulders. So, That's interesting. I had
0: never thought of it that way. You're so right. Cause yeah, she's the responsible one. She's been babysitting since she yeah. was nine. Yeah, she says that, and I'm like, "Wow, that's how responsible you are!"
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't think of it that way either. And it's so true. He's the one like setting the things for her and making it beautiful yeah. and telling stories and, and bringing that like the telescope and exposing yeah. her to all these things.
0: When he's interested in what she has to say, her family isn't. Yep, like yes. they don't care about stars. They're not going to listen to her. But he's like listening to her when she tells him these things.
1: Yes. I have a real soft spot for people eating food on floors. Like I really like (laughs) it (laughs) because I like to do that. Like, it's like, I find it to be the most romantic thing to be in like kind of an empty house. Like someone just moved in and you eat like Chinese food out of cartons on the floor. Like there's something I love so much. So in their like weird picnic scene, which I was like, this is so morally questionable on a blanket. (laughs) Like we're definitely hooking up, you know, I think I'd forgotten how I think the first time I saw it, maybe I was like in such a weird way rooting for it more for her to experience life. And I was like, the wife's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, cause you, are like, he's in a really bad marriage. and Like I was 21, yeah. you know, but then now I was like, Oh my God, I'm married. And this is the, like, you know, like so questionable.
0: Well, and they do set it up ambiguously, which is, I think why we can see it from her yeah. perspective. Cause yeah. they do set it up. Like she's in England, mommy and daddy, we're not getting divorced. Like the kids saying that. And you're like, Oh shoot. They've had conversations about yeah. maybe getting divorced. Like you're able to rationalize a lot. And um, he seems so great. And then we see he's not as great as he seems Um, the scene where uh, they finally have sex and it's very romantic. It's, It's raining and she has Lily Taylor taking care of the kid instead of her that night. And um, they had had this whole romantic story you mentioned earlier about Elias Montrose and how he lost his love at sea and he's still part of this house. And you can hear his ghost creak at night when it rains. His wife was lost in a storm, right? And so they hear the house creak and they look at each other and they kiss. And, um, oh, side note. Oh, I'm going to take us on a side note really quick. I love that this movie does not sexualize their bodies and highlights the romance and the way things feel. because like I feel the passion between um, Bill and JoJo. and I feel the passion between Charlie and Daisy. We never really see anything super sexual. We see kissing, we see um, intimacy, like like physical intimacy that's not sex. And to me, that feels so much more real and sustainable than just like a a typical sex scene of like yeah. and our bodies are naked and gently rocking against <laughs> each other like we do in weird movie sex scenes. Like it feels a lot more authentic that we just see them kissing and we know they're on a blanket and we know from their behavior in the next scene that they had sex. Mm-hmm. Like I'll I say, I definitely
2: did not know they had sex the first time. I did, I did oh. in rewatches. Like think I, yeah. fi- I figured it out. <laughs> but you were young but, like, when I you was younger. I them. mean, I wasn't like twenty, but like I was. It's probably like seventeen or eighteen, or something. Okay. So it's still like naive. There was some naivete there, but like I remember, like not, not, not understanding that that had happened. <laughs> I said,
1: but then the second time you were like, ah, like, oh, yeah, of
2: course.
0: course (laughs) And how gross is it that a 30 year old knows that he is like taking the virginity of a teenager? How
2: gross is that in a rewatch? And he knows his wife is coming back too, because he says, Oh, I thought you were coming. And I don't think I got that. Like, that was like a rewatch here. I was like, Oh, you bastard. Like, yes. He's not bad, only, like, bad. this was like, you knew she was coming back soon and you still did this to this girl, yep. to this young, naive girl. Yes. Does the wife
1: know? Cause it made me feel like by her, like he's done oh, it before. Oh yeah. Right. I feel like that last shot,
0: they the camera stays on her face for an extra beat. The wife. So wait, let's break down this moment. So uh, Kat and uh, Tim are coming home from like after having sex, they're kissing in the car. The smart, smart director made sure his wedding ring was in the foreground of that shot when you were like, oh, he is indeed married. They run into the house from the rain and the wife who has been out the whole time in Europe is there. Lily Taylor, like the smart, smart woman that she is, was like, Kat, did your mom get the medicine in time? She covers everything. We watch Kat's face just get crushed. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a good moment for her acting-wise. We watch it. And then Tim does nothing and says nothing. And it's horrifying. And they just leave. Her yeah. and Lily Taylor leave and Lily's going on and on about like, oh my God, do you think we covered our tracks? Will she come after us? Are we okay? <laughs> and then the great line of like, that gutless wonder back there, he makes Bill look like the catch of all time. <laughs> totally. Those are great because Bill's a fisherman. And I was like, yes, attention That's to so detail pretty. in yes. this film. Loved it. That's a beautiful moment, which leads us to the final moment that we had talked about earlier with the sisters where Kat and Daisy have been against each other the whole time. And again, Daisy and Kat, we have that line where, from Daisy's perspective where she's like, Kat's such a good girl. Where did we go wrong with her sister, Daisy? That's kind of like Daisy's whole M.O. Um, So this moment when Kat is just devastated completely devastated mm. um, after, you know, having sex with someone she thought she was falling in love with and to have the wife come home and have him very much not be leaving his wife. Um, oh. So all that goes down. And uh, Daisy comes in and sees that something is wrong and is there for her sister and comforts her and also realizes her sister isn't, like, this perfect good girl like she's been characterizing her out to be. Like, she's a person, too.
1: And I love, I think she says, like, I'll make you some tea. Yeah. And then Daisy, and then jo- Kat jojo daisy cat whoa and then <laughs> they're says, all her names <laughs> cat i know them and then cat says just stay or don't go like she, she says hold me can you hold yes. me yeah oh god i love that moment
0: her crying i love a real cry on film i yeah. love like a not pretty real cry and she yeah. is serving i am really crying this is not yeah. pretty and this really hurts and i oh. love the line she has about like I didn't know this was going to hurt
2: so much. Like, why didn't you tell me this was going yes. to hurt so much? Oh,
0: yeah. oh that my was God. the crushing
2: glow for me. I'm like the scene in the with it. Like, I'm like, that was bad. It was not, obviously not good. But like when she like, really gets home and breaks down and and then says that line. Yes. That was uh, that was where I was like, oh my gosh, knife in the heart.
0: Yeah. And then you're also like, and it could apply to like sex. Like, why didn't you tell me sex was going to hurt so much? And you're like, what if she didn't wear a condom because she doesn't know what condoms are and he's an asshole? All these thoughts went through my head. Uh, then also just the love. Like, Daisy, I wanted to fall in love so bad. You've been in love a million times and make it look easy. Why didn't you tell me it was going to hurt so much?
2: Uh, okay. uh, I know.
0: Well, there's, I know. Yeah, and
2: there's that difference though between like – I think like I do think Daisy was someone who liked to have fun and like it wasn't necessarily that she was falling in love all over the place it was that yes. ooh, she point. did. that was not she didn't need love and sex to be like in tandem um yes but for Kat it was this this was like a, a slow build like this was an all like months long kind of process which culminated in devastation
1: and she loved the kid
2: that's like the she other weird the layer
1: too. But like the kid loves her. They're comfortable with each other. They're like so warm. And and so she almost was like playing family, playing house in this autumnal yes. adventure. And then, yeah. you know, like that's oh, so sad. Because she's losing it all.
0: Also planning this future for herself. Because yeah. it's like all of them planning their futures of what I could be. Right. And so Kat seeing that, like, oh my God, maybe this is my future. Maybe it's this easy. Right. Oh, <laughs> just as a side note, all of the houses are really, really pretty. Even their house, they're poor, but they like live on a river. And I was like, oh, man, this is all autumnally gorgeous. So beautiful.
1: Can I tell you when I cried? Please, share. When Leona gives her the envelope of money for college, I ugly cried. Like, it would have been great on film.
0: Daisy, Jojo, you, you're my kids. Yes. That's what she says. Oh, God. Perfect. I love it. I love that actress. Conchata Farrell is her name. Fabulous in this. She plays Leona. Leona's the one with the secret recipe. Leona owns the Mystic Pizza and she's married to Nick and they run it. Um, and she basically then is like, look, we don't have kids. You guys are our kids. Um, and we want you to have this. Cause Kat, there's a check that Tim like there's one final devastating scene where Tim and Phoebe go to the restaurant that Phoebe can say goodbye to Kat. And Kat's like, please keep going to the library. And I was like, Yes, yeah, support the library. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love that. But then he gives her a check and he's like, This is for Yale. And uh she rips it up. I love Jojo's reaction because I feel like that would have been mine. Like, cat,
1: no, Don't do you that. can still cash this. this I literally was like I'm picking up the pieces and taping them in case yeah. she needs it
2: later for books or something. Yeah. Correct. I mean, she should take that money, but I understand why she doesn't. And I also I'm just like Me too. Dude, Same. you're 30 and went to Yale. How why are you so dumb? Why uh, like cuz that yeah. could have been a moment where he apologized <laughs> and like it, it, it still would not have been, you know, made anything better, but like he came
1: in heroic, like, Oh, I'm I'm going to pay for your college now. Cause yeah. I, you know, it was gross. Yeah, yeah. It was gross.
2: Like, Oh, this is going to make up for it. It's going to, it's all fine. What I did to you is totally fine. Like here's a check to make it better. Right. I will pay my way out of this. Yes. Yeah. I will not make an apology. I will not grow in any way. I will not show <laughs> that. I understand what I've done to you. I will just try to give you money.
1: With my wife waiting in the car, side yes. note. Right. And you can see her out the window. We didn't talk about the reviewer, which I think is fine because it's such an important part of the movie that's not important at all, at all. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like No, but it is because it, it ensures is. the future
0: of the space. You're yeah. So right. I meant to include this in my plot synopsis. So thank you for bringing it up. Oh yeah, no problem. Part of the plot in this movie is that the mystic pizza is not like doing that great. You know, like business is getting a little slow. It's not tourist season. And also things are not just not, they're not doing that well. Uh, But they love this program, which is like a food critic called the fireside gourmet. And um, we see him early on, like berating a very pretentious place. Um, But at the end of the movie, he comes to mystic pizza and he loves it. He, we don't know that he loves it. We're worried after he leaves because his critique does like it. he like has like three bites
1: of pizza oh I'll wrap it to go no thank you I was like oh no <laughs> and it starts off badly
0: because it happens uh right after Kat's whole ordeal where she's really out of it and she's delivering like raw pizza that hasn't been cooked to guests and then there's the guy from the beginning <laughs> the they dentures. have the payoff of like Perfect the dentures back. in the cup <laughs> yes and they're there when the fireside gourmet comes doesn't matter he sees the authenticity of the place he thinks the food is delicious and he supports it. And to me, that is this movie, like the authenticity of it. Leona says, listen, ladies, we have the real thing right here. The mystic pizza. It's tradition. And you don't monkey with tradition.
1: What's the spice? What do we think the spice is? I think it's a mix. It's mm, a, a like a, a special blend.
2: Portuguese blend. Yep, yep, yep. There some, I mean, there are some pizza, like pizza sauces and pasta sauces that are just better than everybody else's.
1: I mean, Rouse. Rouse is great. Oh, you like something more than Rouse.
2: Okay. Like I'm talking about going to a restaurant and like a, a oh, recipe that's somebody yeah, yeah, like a homemade one. Like yes. Rouse is what I have in my refrigerator because it is my favorite of the ones. Favorite so if, of the jarred. Absolutely. If I'm in a yep. grocery store, that's my pick.
0: I'm sorry. I am a Trader Joe's tomato basil lady. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. don't really venture outside Trader Joe's, but that's my probably version of Rouse. <laughs> we'll
2: um, share
1: we'll share a pasta one day and we'll we'll do a taste test. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I don't know what that spice is. All I can imagine is um There's a Greek spice that gets used a lot that I cannot figure out what the hell it is. And to me, whenever they talk about this spice, I'm like, oh, it's like when I eat Greek
2: food and there's that spice in it that I don't know what the hell it is, Mm. but it's fantastic. I have a pizza spot from home. Like I'm from a small town. Tommy's Pizza. I only want to go home and get cheese pizza. Like anywhere else I'm getting, I'm getting ingredients on my pizza, but like a Tommy's cheese pizza Mm. with the right sauce and the cheese done right. That's what it's supposed to taste like. And it's my favorite and I love it so much and there is something about it that just is it's like home. childhood it's home yeah. it is
0: I have buddy's pizza Detroit style pizza that we also order it only cheese because yeah it's like you gotta you can't monkey with it same carnival only cheese only cheese I th- that's amazing I actually love it that all of us
1: because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah cheese is not my preferred topping yeah on I a know. regular
0: pizza but on a special pizza you know. i'll do
1: one cheese and one grandma slice usually or maybe a cheese and a white slice wait this is a great question before we like we still have more to talk about with this but like what's your pizza order what do you guys get in your pizza what's your go-to yeah grandma or white and a plain.
2: i don't know what grandma is can you please explain i don't either i was gonna act like i did <laughs> Grandma's
1: like a thinner ah i'm half italian everybody so let me let me teach you about pizza uh it's like a thinner sicilian okay so not as thick but it has like fresh tomatoes and usually fresh mozzarella cheese. And it's just really, really yummy. And a fountain soda diet Coke needs a fountain soda diet Coke. Mm. Yes.
2: You too? What is your, what's your pizza? It depends on the place. Like there are places like if I'm going to Moza, which I feel like very fancy about the fungi misty, like, which is like a white sauce and these mushrooms Mm. that are just so good. But like sometimes I just want like a solid pepperoni. I will say I don't like lots of toppings. It tends to be like, Two or three max, because otherwise I feel like it messes with how crispy the dough gets, and it tends to make it soggier. I don't know. I see
0: that. Me too. Yeah. I mean, Laurel knows my love of what we call the pep and pep, which is pepperoni and either green peppers or yellow peppers. Pep oh. And pep. Yep. Um. I
1: love that.
0: Yep. It's very good. And then I also will love a like a margarita if it's like a wood fired pizza. A margarita wood fired pizza is oh. like perfection. Yes. And then I recently had um a vodka sauce pizza that was very, very good. Oh, that I want to yes. like to have again in the future. It was very good.
1: A clam. Have you had a clam slice? I don't know what that is. I don't remember. So I
0: had pizza in Connecticut. Like, you know how they have the special pizza in Connecticut? That's not like the Mystic Pizza, but it's like that really, really thin. Mm-hmm. We had two specialties and I can't remember if one of them was clams or not. I'm gonna say it actually wasn't, so I don't think I have, but it sounds very good and I would eat it.
2: No, so is it just clams on the pizza? Is that it's like oh, white ha- wine, clams, parsley, cheese,
1: everything. Olive oil. It's just good. Sometimes they chop them up really fine. Sometimes they have bigger ones, not the shells. <laughs> That's good. On the pizza, it's, they they do it for you.
0: Um, we're talking this really was filmed in Connecticut. Um, and then Mystic Pizza is a real pizza place, but this was not filmed at the Mystic Pizza place, but the real Mystic Pizza totally renovated to look like what the movie looks like. Oh my God, that's amazing. Mystic Pizza (laughs) was real. And then um, one of the writers, this was written by um, several people, Amy Holden Jones kind of came up with the concept and she co-wrote this with Perry and Randy Howes. Um, And Amy Holden Jones also wrote Indecent Proposal and Beethoven for people at home, fun facts. Um, But she got the idea. She was uh, around Mystic for the summer, the town of Mystic was like at a pizza place there and saw all of this and went, yep, I'm going to write a movie about this. Um, And she was supposed to direct, but I don't know what happened. And she ended up not directing. They got Donald Petrie or Petrie. I don't know how to say his name instead. Um, And he would go on to direct Miss Congeniality and Grumpy Old Men. And I like both of those movies a lot. I do too. um, But I wonder what happened. Why she was like, she was slated to do it. I
1: support, but I wish she directed her own movie that she wrote too. I do too. He did a good job, but I
0: do wish she had gotten to direct her own movie. I agree with that um that, that was it mystic is really a place mystic pizza is also really a place um and apparently like the portuguese population really does live around there um like all of the class stuff was kind of real too um but they didn't just shoot there they shot some scenes in rhode island like that fancy pretty house that cat and um tim go to that's in rhode island apparently so not really mystic movie magic <laughs> that's that's some behind the scenes stuff um i did want to talk about a little bit i love the use of music in this film Um, like the details are freaking golden here. Uh, we mentioned earlier when they're in the bar and, um, Daisy's shooting pool, they, they have like the line that corresponds to her, like watch me do my stuff. Um, but they also have, uh, when she and Charlie see each other, they're playing this song called that goes like, it's, I'm serious when it comes to you. And that's when they like see each other for the Mm. first time when he looks up at her and you're like, oh, that's great that they fit those lyrics there. Um, and then in the pizza place, they only play like older music. So they play like Frank Sinatra and music of that ilk. And so uh, when the, the gourmet chef, oh, I never finished the thing about the gourmet, how he comes and gives them four <laughs> stars. Did I finish that? He no. basically, the restaurant is saved because of this gourmet guy. The gourmet food critic saves the restaurant. And now people want to go there and no, they don't take reservations. You can just show up. But I get worried that, um, that the clientele will change and that it'll become snooty. I worry about that for them, but whatever. I want them to be a hit. Um, but they are playing I've Got You Under My Skin when he's taking his bite. There's like that gorgeous break in that music, like the Nelson Riddle arrangement. And that's when he's taking his bite. And you're like, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. And then when Joe, Jojo and um, Bill are having sex in the bathroom or sleep or fooling around or whatever in the bathroom, they're playing I Ain't Got No Body.
2: <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Amazing.
0: Because they do have body right now. They've got
2: yeah. so much body. I do have to say, though, like I in the, the scene in the beginning, like in the in the dive bar where like the where uh, Daisy and um, Charlie are kind of like playing pool and getting to know each other. Like I felt mm-hmm. like the, mu- the music was very like this is romantic and setting up the scene for them getting together. But like at that point in the movie, I thought he was just a total like rich boy douchebag, mm-hmm. just trying thinking he could have sex with her. And like go slumming and be done with it. Like Obviously I didn't know he was going to, you know, keep trying to come back and like have a real relationship. So Mm -hmm. I thought that like in the moment that the music did not fit and I was like, no, this is not romantic. He's using her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) And you're right. And my perception is totally warped because I've seen this movie like a thousand times. So I have no, uh, I I'm very biased.
2: Let's just say, you know, I mean, it makes sense in the, in the overarching, but like it's like the whole point, like the music was consciously chosen and Hmm. like I was actually surprised at the length of that relationship and at how much he did try. He was trying in his own way to make this a real thing. And in the beginning, I did not yeah. think that was going to happen. I thought she was going to get her heart just smashed.
0: And then it surprises us in the best way. Her mom thought that too. The yeah. part with her mom is she's like, I didn't always look like this. I used to look like you. I know. Um, And so her mom being like, I know from experience, like men are just trying to get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But then, no, it's like a delightful surprise. Like, no, we actually... He really likes her for her and she really likes him for him. That's the delightful surprise of it all. Yes. Um, Also, side note, that actress, I did not know this till today. That's Joanna Merlin. And I was like, oh, that's the original title from Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. (laughs) I never put it together. That's amazing. That's fun. Um, I do also, before we move on from Charlie and Daisy, we need to mention their road montage Um, where they, they, she goes on a date with him in this fabulous dress that she's don't worry. They mention how she can afford it. She's going to return it after she wears it. Um, it's very eighties, but they're in the Porsche and the Porsche gets a flat tire and she's like, well, fix the flat. He's like, that, that was the spare. We don't have another one. And so they're trying to get, um, they're trying to hitchhike to get people to pull over to like help them. And it's very much an homage to it happened one night where they're trying all their best moves and she like judges up her hair and sticks her leg out and nobody stops and like (laughs) turns around and sticks her butt out and nobody stops. And then he does the same thing and nobody stops (laughs) until he pulls his pants down. And then a car of women does stop for him. Um, But I just love all, And it's so autumnal. All the trees are yellow. The leaves are all yellow. And you are like, Julia Roberts must be cold because she doesn't have a jacket. Um, but anyway, it's it's very fun and very like, this is rom-com territory. And I love it. I love it.
1: I did start rooting for their relationship a lot there. Because I was like, he's playful. Look at him. He's playful. Yes. yes, yes. When, you know, and you worry that that guy wouldn't know to be silly. You make a good point. Cause the
0: reason we're like originally when we first meet him and he does seem like a douchebag, his friends are douchebags. So we're like, Ooh, yeah. you might be a little like them. And then he differentiates himself in that like, look, I can throw darts really well. And I can sh- like shoot tequila, just like the best of them. I'm going to order a regular beer, not a light beer. I'm a man of the people with my Porsche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I just put together that Daisy knows he has a Porsche because she saw him in that opening scene. Because she knows he drives a Porsche, but she wouldn't have seen it if they were in the bar. That's why they had to insert that earlier in the film. Mm -hmm. I see what they did there. It's very smart. Um, Anyway, uh, but yeah, you're right. That's when he finds her, it's a little creepy. He never gets her name. He finds out who she is and shows up at her house and it's just assumed that they're going out to dinner. That would be creepy if he wasn't cute and rich, I think. Totally. It would not work today. No. Mm -hmm. Um, And him being like cool with the class, like differences in terms of- she's clearly coming from a totally different background than he is um and when he shares his cheating story with her i really like that moment the way that she handles that the way oh yeah he tells her he cheated at law school and that's why he he you know he originally told her that he was like on a break and then he tells her the truth and she's like don't lie to me again and he's like he says she says don't do that again and he's like which one and she's like
2: both <laughs> he cheated and he lied you, do you know a
0: word for word i love it i really do
2: <laughs> But it was, yeah, he was being vulnerable. Like that was actually a good yeah, moment. Yes. Like where, but also where she didn't have to like just accept that. Like, I love that both parts of it. She really did. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to like, you don't you don't have to lie to me. We have to be honest with each other if this is going to be a relationship and like, I'm not going to judge
0: you. And that's, he might be needing that as well. Cause like you get the sense in his family, he feels like he has to be perfect. Kind of like what Kat has to do, right? So yeah. he's got that line about like, he's like, I was failing a course. And Daisy's like, people fail courses all the time. Like, it's not a big deal. And he's just like, not people, not Charles Windsor's son. Like, no, I cannot fail. And so like his fear of failure, his fear of not being perfect, totally led to his like losing his spot in law school and maybe that future for him.
1: We all need a little Daisy. She's like YOLO. She's the original like, (laughs) you're failing, so what? (laughs) Who cares? Life's short. But she's got that devastating line too of like,
0: Jojo, you've got Bill. Kat, you've got your brains. And all I've got is this. And she like points to her face and these and the beers. And you're like, no, you're so much more than that, Daisy. She'll know her power, I think. I have faith. I actually was going to ask you, what do you think their futures are? Because I think Kat will go on and do like astronomy. But I kind of hope that Jojo and Daisy run the Mystic Pizza together. Like- Mm -hmm. It would be cute if like, you know, JoJo's going to marry Bill. Maybe, maybe Daisy marries Charles. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. But like, I love the idea of like them running it. And if Charles and Daisy do get married, I like the idea of him like working there and being like them being like Nick and Leona and him being like a man of the people.
1: (laughs) The only reason I feel bad is I think Daisy wants out of Mystic. Like, I feel like Daisy wants to see the world. I'm not going to be slinging pizzas for the rest of my life. The best pizza. Yeah. Like she wants to go to Europe. I could see her being a fashion designer or I don't know. I just, it would be really cute. Maybe she spends half the year in Mystic and half the year in Europe.
0: Yeah. Or maybe it's like she goes out in the world and like a decade down the road because sure. Fiona's not going to retire anytime soon. Right. Like yeah. they've got a lot of time. Yes. So in my brain, like maybe like, I don't know, 15 years later, she's ready to settle down. They go back to Mystic yeah. and they they start running this pizza place. Did I just
2: pitch a sequel? I don't know. I mean, I, saw, I, I guess I don't see her staying with Charlie. I think they- they are what each other needs in that moment. Mm. And I can see them both really building each other up. But I don't, I think it'll be a passionate and then explode kind of a thing, mm. but maybe not. But maybe they get back together. Maybe it's like a they go off to Europe, they get in a big argument. He moves back, goes to a different law school, whatever. She comes back 10 years later and they buy Mystic Pizza.
0: Oh, I don't think he's going to be a lawyer I don't think he is. I think he's, I think he's going to find a different path. I think it was wrong for him to be a lawyer in the first place.
2: Okay. I think he
0: was also in a box like they were. He was just in the box of like, I have to live the life that's been laid out for me. And so I think now he can choose a different future. Anything is possible. I love that.
1: (laughs) I think she makes him scoop the ice cream for the rest of their lives. And they open an ice cream parlor. Why not? Yeah. Every time he messes up, he scoops lots of ice creams for her. That's their future's.
0: Um, so before we head to the modern lens, I do want to touch on the pretty woman tie-ins. So we had mentioned Julia Roberts does pretty woman right after this. And she's already got that Julia Roberts star energy in this film. She's ready to go. She's a star in the making. Um, but it is eerie how many kind of like similarities there are between the two films in terms of like lines and things like that. Like there's a line in this movie where Julia Roberts says to Charlie, like, oh, you're a bum. That's okay. I got nothing against bums. And that's pretty woman. Her mom calls her a bum magnet. And she can't help but follow the bums. And you're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's a tie-in. And then the paid for the services thing, like Kat says that says that to her, like you should be paid for your services. I'm like, oh, she will in a film called Pretty Woman <laughs> coming up soon. <laughs> ah! Um, And then just like her realizing her worth beyond her sexuality happens in both films. um, And both films are classic, wonderful rom-coms. I'm telling you. But in Pretty Woman, obviously Richard Gere's character... Richard Gere's character is showing her like what life could be. I don't know that Charlie really does that for her, but Tim does that with Cat. But yeah, there's like there's tie-ins. I like that in this one. Julie Roberts is like, wait, no, I am better than you. I see my own worth now. Wow, I never saw it before. I see it now. I love that. Your dad didn't cheat his way out of law school. You did that all <laughs> on your own. <laughs> Which is a great line. It's a great line. I love that I can do this with no other film. Like. <laughs> I can't quote movies, but I can quote Mystic Pizza at you, like, all day How many
1: times do you think you've seen it? So I would
0: say with most rom-coms, I was very into rom-coms as a teenager. Mm. I watched all of them about a million times. So if it's (laughs) a rom-com, I know it by heart. Like, (laughs) all of them. So that's when like guys quote their like seventies tour movies. Yeah. I'm like, if we were doing this with rom coms, <laughs> you'd be in big trouble. Yes. So, is there anything else you want to add before we head to the modern lens? Is there anything you feel like we didn't touch on that you want to touch on?
2: I, I did think that the like the mom had such a small role, but in some ways, I I, I did feel like that was one more f- strong female character who who had been put in a box. And, Mm -hmm. and was, you know, and and had her like little moment to be like, no, there's more to me than just this. And I thought that was really like at the end, I was really glad that that moment happened because like, I felt like the rest of the movie, you just saw her through this, like really teeny tiny slice of life. Like that was all she was like, she's the reason her kids are pitted against each other. It's her fault. And you're like, oh, it's more than that. It's way more than that. And that like, you really saw how she cared and how like, maybe her life hadn't turned out quite the way she wanted it to. We never see the dad and they never mention the dad.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's there. And she's working so hard too. And like, so hard. Yeah. yeah. You said slice, which made me really happy, by the way. You said slice of life. Slice of life, slice of heaven. <laughs> That's the
0: Mystic Pizza slogan.
1: I will say Mark thought it was Mystic River. And so <laughs> I am really scared by, like, you know, slow violence in movies. And so he was really uh-huh. tired, but he, like, stayed up with me to watch it. And he was on his phone for a lot of him. And then, like, he realized, like, after, like, Maybe 10 minutes like, oh, this is Mystic Pizza, which was an amazing yes. realization for him to have.
0: Do you know how mad I get when you type in IMDb Mystic and Mystic River is the first thing that pops up? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Mystic River upset me so thoroughly. I do not think I can ever watch no. it again. Um, so Mystic Pizza, yes. Solid 100%. It is not Mystic River.
1: We watched the right <laughs> movie. So imagine if I watched Mystic River and then came on this podcast and oh I was like, pizza?
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? Um I do want to tie in also Leona to this as well because I love that Leona is a really solid character and she is not like bossed around by her husband, she is so in charge of herself and her destiny. She takes care of the people around her but is like tough. I don't know. I really like the character of Leona as well. Um I really love the attention that's given to women in this film in general nobody's over-sexualized, everybody is seen as a full human, including, we had mentioned this earlier, the wife of the man who's having an affair. We even see her. So I really like that women are fully actualized in this film. In a way, the male characters almost aren't. Yeah. Like, they're not given as much, and I'm fine with that. Me too. It's like the reverse of every other movie that's ever been made before (laughs) it. So I'm fine with that.
2: Just thinking about all the reviews, like, and this is just one of those funny things that we're just going back to, like, the star power and, like, how all of the reviews are like you know don't be don't be led astray by the lack of star power in here and i think i mean when i'd seen it this it was like maybe 9 8 or 9 years after it had come out when i saw it for the first time and like looking at these reviews i'm like what are you talking about there's star power all over the place. and like all of the reviews comment on it like there are no stars in this movie there's no star power in this movie like but don't worry it's really great and i'm like oh god you guys just didn't, you just had no idea.
0: They just weren't famous yet. They were stars. They just weren't famous. Right. That was something they said at the reunion. They're like, look at us, we're all working. Like we're all still working all these years later. So just calling that out. Um, I do want to move us into the modern lens portion of this podcast. And actually what you were saying, Laurel, what people were saying about at the time, something that struck me and just, when you look this movie up, something that I am a little bit disturbed by that does not hold up is how they were marketing this movie. Like if you watch the trailer, it's like, they make it like, it's all about love. And if you look at the movie poster, each of the girls is with their quote unquote guy. So like Kat on the poster is like in a romantic pose with Tim. And that's so gross. The fact that like people thought that's how you market this. And that's how you sell this movie. And that three women alone cannot sell a movie. Like, I don't know. That grosses me out. The The tagline for it was a romantic comedy with the works. But yeah, they make it look like it's all these equal relationships and not what it really is. It's just kind of gross and I don't love how they marketed it. Um, so that doesn't hold up, <laughs> um, even though that's not technically the movie, just like the movie poster and the marketing.
1: I also feel like in a way, and I think that the obviously the movie is so much more than this, right? But that like, and I guess a rom-com is about this or whatever, but like that everyone has to wind up with someone. Yes. Because, then, you know, obviously Kat at the end goes to college and gets the money into this, so that's great. But, like, there is a little bit of a sense of, like, are you sure you want to be with this guy? Like, are you are you all sure? You know.
0: Although, what I was thinking about this time was that the way the movie ends for Julia Roberts and Kat, they both are saying to each other, who knows? So she, Kat's like, oh, I saw Charlie show up. Are you guys back together? And she's like, who knows? And then she says to Kat something yeah. about, like, oh, like, Looking for any Yales your own age in the future? Or whatever, whatever she says to her, she goes, Who knows? They both say who knows to each other. So That's it's like, true. Oh, it's not fully established. Okay. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's still open. Love that.
0: We mentioned this earlier. Like, I don't love Bill pressuring JoJo into marriage and that JoJo feels so pressured to get married. I don't love that they get married in the end because I don't feel like it's really what she fully wants. They show us when she's babysitting, like, Oh, Jojo could actually be a mom she kind of likes it here like they have that kind of moment but that's a really big shift to have really fast so I don't always buy that that they get married but she looks really happy in the wedding scenes so
2: she does they're like the the scene in the car and the things like one of the things where I think like, I don't think it holds up and it wouldn't if we were making this this movie today it wouldn't be the thing where she's like and I don't have to give up who I am nothing has to change except my name and I was like no you don't have to change your name if you don't want to although it is a little
0: devastating there's a moment at the wedding where they're like dancing and then she sits down to take a break and she looks to her left looks to her right and it's all like women like she sees her future and she doesn't totally look like she's okay with it and you're like oh this isn't a fully happy ending like you yeah that might be your future you might be an older lady at a wedding eating cake gossiping with your fellow older ladies at weddings eating cake I don't know you saw like I don't know about this for her yeah so I don't love I don't love if that has to be marriage.
1: I mean, I feel like maybe in that moment, I know because that moment did kind of like rub me too. I was like, oh, can one of these ladies be dancing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, come on. But then I'm like, well, she's a more of a Leona anyway. So she's gonna make her own way.
2: I like I like that she has Leona as a as a role model.
1: Yes. Definitely
0: that's not. a great point. She has Leona as a role model. I hadn't thought about that before now. They all do.
1: In a world full of cake eating, baby making, be a Leona. Um there's obviously, like, racism
0: against Portuguese people in this film. So we're always like, ew, when that happens. But it's also interesting that, like, because this is from the 80s, none of the actors are Portuguese. So, like, I think today people would be Portuguese playing these roles. But back then it was, like, normal to not be there. Like, just have brown hair. It'll pass. It's fine. Um, so we have that. Uh, we mentioned the 30-year-old grooming of cat, The man who is 30 mm. grooming a presumably 18-year-old is disgusting I... and does not hold up. Um, and this is weird, but I there's this part that's supposed to be like quaint and cute where they show like the little boys trying to drink and smoke like their dads. And I'm always like, I wonder about those kids. <laughs> like that kid <laughs> looks like he's really gonna smoke. I mean, I don't know. I worry about them. Just the act the kid actors that have to do that. Um, what else? We mentioned the that's why we play boy girl in the pool thing. Yeah. Um, Ooh. what else? What else? Like gender expectations are rough. Yes. Totally. I mean, There are positives. The movie does comment on class, which is great. I feel like it does it pretty effectively and not super preachy, but it makes its point. And I mentioned this several times. There's not an exploitation of these women's
2: bodies. And um, it just, it feels really authentic and it holds up in a lot of ways. I thought it was great that they also, like when they- There's obviously Bill and his fisherman friends, Mm -hmm. but when they go see people like really doing the hard physical work, it's also all women. Oh, Like it's, it's the mom at that scene where she brings a pizza and it's all these women doing this work. And like, I thought that was really great and did hold up. I was like, yeah, like, cause this is an industry that like, I think that you would stereotypically think would be all men. I'm so glad you said that. I had never put that
0: together and you are so right. Yeah. The women are also involved in the actual physical labor as well.
2: Dang. Yeah. I feel like there's other things that didn't hold up because I'm like, there was some problematic stuff. There are things that didn't hold (laughs) up that we didn't
1: mention right now. And that's okay.
0: You know, we can't catch them all. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta catch them all. I mean, the
1: comment, the comment didn't hold up. That's for sure. The Comet, that shooting star. Oh
0: comet. my God. Mm. I know it didn't hold up. The Photoshop in the beginning is terrible. When oh, they terrible. show their oh, pictures. Oh my, it's like, it could not be worse Photoshop. And you know that that was like the cutting edge 80s technology that they were using. And it's bad. But it's real rough. I love
1: montage. I love a montage. So I forgave it. Even I know it was bad. And I still was like, I yeah. love this. I still love it. I would not change <laughs> yeah, it for agreed.
0: anything. But it was pretty rough Photoshop. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
2: that picture of the three of them where they like don't even try to make it look real and you're like oh god <laughs> that is clearly three different pictures cut out and stuck yeah. together
0: yeah <laughs> but you know I still of course I still love it and I wouldn't change it
1: I love that their hair was windy I love that there was wind in their hair we we're like using the elements you know I love that it really was outside and it felt so authentically outside.
0: And it felt, um, when they were inside, things felt lived in. I love movies that have yes. like a lived in look. Like Tim's house is totally shit when she shows up. Like there's stuff yes. strewn everywhere. And you're right, they use the elements. I just love movies that actually feel, they're not going for, this has to look perfect. They're going for, this has to feel authentic and real. I love it. Yep. I love it. Like on a sweeter aspect too, I don't feel like it's gritty, but it's still real. Not everything has to be like, I don't know. Full of grit to be real is, I guess, where I'm going with this. Cause like Daisy having sex, but she's still innocent in her own way. Like having sex doesn't fully change you as a human. I don't know. Like I, I loved it. It's still, it's still very sweet, but it's not too syrupy, but it's also not like gritty. I like that. It lives in this sweet middle of authenticity of coming of age.
1: Very heartfelt. And it's like yeah. we contain multitudes.
0: Yes. So true. You know, just like the universe and the stars and the comet. And we end with the stars in the (laughs) comet. I do love shooting stars. Oh, and we end with Jojo being like, and she wants me to get pregnant already. And I'm married for an hour. And you're like, I'm sorry, Jojo. That's rough. I'm sorry. But then she does have the great final closing line of like, you know what I wonder? What the hell does Leona put in that pizza? And you're like, yeah, (laughs) title
2: back. We all do too. Why don't
0: you share with us? I want to eat that pizza so bad. I want to know what it tastes like. I'm dying
1: to know. It might be going to Mystic in December. I'll get it for us.
0: Yes. Tell, tell us. I'll get it. I'll do it. Thank you for knowing about Mystic and going there. You're I'm welcome. so curious about it.
1: I want pictures.
0: I, like, I, I do. I'll you
1: send you with the perfect cheese pull yes please this is a side note (laughs) but I
0: also love that houses are where businesses are like it's all these cute old timey like colonial houses and all the businesses are there I wish we had that
2: in LA (laughs) we don't we just don't have old enough businesses all these uh east coast towns like they've been there for so there's these buildings that you actually can't tear down like you they're they're protected you cannot tear them down so like what do you do with them like either you turn them into historical stuff or you just live life in them
0: um so i'm going to move us into the double feature portion of this show if you liked this film i had a really hard time doing a pairing with this uh i wrote down working girl as a pairing it's another film that kind of feels like it's wintry 80s but it's a woman (laughs) kind of like building herself up and discovering that she is capable of so much more than she thought and then also like there's a man in her life that does support her. Like there's like a not super toxic masculine presence there. So I was like, okay. And it kind of shows like what happens when women are pitted against each other because Sigourney Weaver's character is very like anti-helping women. And um, like the secretarial pool and uh, Tess are all like working with each other to build each other up. So I was like, okay, that's kind of similar. And then I feel like obviously Pretty Woman, like if you want to do a full Julia Roberts moment and go with these two rom-coms, obviously do that. Um, I wrote down Waitress because, you know, it's three female leads going through changes in yeah, life. One yeah, of them yeah. finds herself through an affair. Um, so, yeah, Waitress, say anything because Lily Taylor's great mm. in it. And it's another just great 80s film where people are like genuine and sensitive. Um, Baby Boom, if you want autumnal 80s more, what a good autumnal 80s <laughs> movie about a woman finding and discovering the true things she wants in life. And then I said, um. First wives club for like if it's the future, <laughs> it's three women. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, how how does this getting, one... yes, getting back at yes, their husbands okay. uh, working together? So I was like, yeah, the, that's it. If I'm being honest, when I watched this, the actual double feature I did was Children of a Lesser God, which I don't know that <laughs> it's very. I guess that could also be there's a woman who's underestimated who finds her own value and worth in it. Um, but he can be a little insufferable in it. But it's very autumnal and pretty. But those are my what about double features. little
1: women. That's a yes. perfect,
0: yeah. Do that. That's a great double feature. The nineteen ninety four one, though. Oh I'm gonna say specifically. <laughs>
1: yes. I kept thinking about Fiddler because the oh, okay. yeah. like sisters, sort of, and just coming of age and like expressing themselves and what do I want my future to be? Matchmaker, right? <laughs> yeah. So I kept yeah. thinking of Fiddler a lot. I love no, that's that. great.
0: And then you found out the Fiddler connection with Joanna Merlin, and we're like, oh my
1: god, yeah, yes. Yeah and beetlejuice and it makes no sense but i just really wanted to pair this movie (laughs) with beetlejuice for some strange reason
0: well they do have the jack-o'-lantern in the one scene so you could be like oh halloween and
1: beetlejuice go together yeah i don't know why i just kept feeling it little women is really good because just the bonds of sister that's actually probably the perfect double feature you're right the right one yeah that's correct correct.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, it was lovely having you. Thank you for being on. This is kind of a weird show because I just geeked out all over you is what it felt like. (laughs) Like you showed up and then I just like exploded Mystic Pizza on you. So thank you for being here. There's worse things that we could have had exploded on us. So (laughs) So true. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was so lovely to see you. How can people find you
1: uh, once this podcast airs? Oh, well, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Susan underscore
2: Kate. I guess that's where you can find me too. So uh, yeah, Instagram's great. Uh, Just at Laurel Rankin. Thank you so much for being here. It was lovely having you. And we will
0: see you all next time on Talk Classic to Me. You have been listening to Talk Classic to Me with Sarah Greenfield. That's me. My guests this week were Sue Heaney and Laurel Rankin they will be featured on our Instagram page. If you enjoyed our show, please introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe and maybe even find us on Anchor.fm or Spotify for podcasters because they are the same thing now to become a contributing member. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Talk Classic to Me for some awesome content
1: and to find out what's coming up next. Thanks for listening.